Welcome back to Dropped In. I am so grateful to be here with you today and to share our very special returning guest, Dr. Daniela Gonzalez, with you. And in honor of Breast Cancer Awareness Month, we have the privilege and honor to be here with Dr. Daniela as she shares her recent diagnosis that she received only a few weeks after our initial interview in February. And so we drop in and go deep. And Dr. Daniela is sharing the real and raw truth behind the scenes of her diagnosis and how she has been navigating through these uncharted waters and how she is such an incredible leader in the world of transformational change and just being this warrior of light in guiding others through their own journeys through breast cancer. And so I am just so grateful to have Dr. Daniela back with us. And um, yeah, she goes really deep, really real and raw with us. And I cannot wait for you to drop in and listen. So Dr. Daniela is a certified functional and integrative nutritionist with a specialization in metabolism, hormones, and emotional eating. She is a NSAM certified personal trainer, group fitness instructor, and life and success master coach, as well as a trainer in NLP, hypnotherapy, and all things EFT time techniques, and a facilitator of transformational change work. She is a multi-passionate and multi-skilled Latina and is your all-in-one coach who provides a 360-degree approach where she combines her expertise in biochemistry, nutrition, fitness, dancing, life coaching, leadership, and executive presence with her own personal experience, overcoming busy life overwhelm, anxiety, perfectionism, and disordered eating. All her years working on her mental and physical health is her main asset when working with her clients because she understands at her core how powerful the connection of the mind and body is. She works with both Spanish and English speakers, creating resources in both languages and is growing a bilingual community. So without further ado, let's get dropped in with Dr. Danny G. Welcome back to Dropped In, Dr. Danny G. I am so grateful to be here with you, Daniela, and my skin's already crawling, so we know we're gonna be we're gonna be going there today. And it is just such an absolute honor to not only be in your presence, but just to have you in my life. And you are just such a ray of light and such you just, you just you just radiate just this definition of hope and mm-hmm. strength and courage and yeah you're just such an embodiment of what's possible so i just feel so blessed to know you and to have you back on to the show and i know we're going to be going into some deep subject matter so um i just want to thank you in advance for for being here and for sharing so openly and transparently Oh, Megan, I, I feel like you describe yourself when you were <laughs> saying that, because I I think the same about you. You are such a light and I am honored to be here and I'm honored to, uh, you know, for you to be the, the first podcast that I actually um, I'm going to talk a little bit about my story. I have an idea where we are going. <laughs> so but it's um yeah it's amazing that uh we met recently and a couple of months um you know a lot have changed mm-hmm. um yeah it's a good example of how the universe works <laughs> truly yeah we just never know we never know and 
Um, so for those listening, you know, Daniela and I met in a, our master practitioner certification for NLP and hypnotherapy and all the things. And, um, yeah, we had a week long immersion together. It was such a beautiful bonding experience and you were honestly just such a powerhouse. And I just love to see all the work that you're doing and the ripple effect that you're creating and your mission and vision. And so the last time we connected on the podcast was February 27th Mm -hmm. and, from what you shared with me a week later, you received some results. So let's go there, shall we? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Okay, so yeah, on February 27th, uh, Megan and I had a very deep conversation. It was really like an amazing conversation. Um, and I remember telling Megan before we started the podcast that I just had a biopsy uh, because a mass, I had a mass on my breast, um, which is something that I had noticed before. And I can talk a little more about the history. <laughs> um, but after a week, uh, at that time, I was waiting for my results of my biopsy and a week after, um, pretty much March 9th, I got uh, my diagnosis of breast cancer. And um, I mean, to say the least, it was one of the worst news <laughs> that I've ever received. Mm-hmm. Um, literally, like it, it sounds very cliche, but it was like my soul left my body and I couldn't like literally a time stopped. I couldn't believe I didn't, I didn't even know if I understood correctly um, what was told to me. By the way, the news were told in the phone. Um, and which I don't think that should be like that. <laughs> and by the way, I have also friends that have got their news just by reading the results in their patient portal. Like, oh, I think that's worse. Um, so yeah, it was it was incredibly hard. I remember I was sitting on my bed. Um, I had just finished, um, I don't remember, maybe a meeting or something like that. And I got a, the call from the doctor and she pretty much like straightforward told me <laughs> that, you know, they had the results of the biopsy and that it, it was a carcinoma. And I was like, what? What did you just say? And she said, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, she said. And I was like, wait, I need you to say this again. And she said it again. And at the same time, my husband was at the gym. So literally when I was in the call, he enters to, to the bathroom and he sees me like, you know, I'm distressed. And he asked me what happened. And I just looked at him and I said, like with my lips, I said, I have cancer. And he like threw these like super big, what? <laughs> like what? And, you know, my husband is a doer. <laughs> so he's like, I think his immediate coping mechanism was to sit down and just start making notes. I Because I put on speaker to make notes. In all of this, I'm silent. I am like, literally, like, I, I was... I don't know. I was freeze. I, I I couldn't. I couldn't move. I couldn't think. Uh, to me, like this is not happening. <laughs> Again, it sounds very cliche, but that's exactly what was going on in my head. My husband is just in his phone making notes. I can hear his heavy breathing, and almost, almost these breathe like these breathing and and like physical cues of okay okay I need to be strong for her you know um and 
I remember just listening to her to the to it was the nurse practitioner I think who called me and she was just telling me so much information but so much medical information I was I was literally listening to absolutely nothing like <laughs> I was there but I was not understanding mm -hmm. and she spoke like for 10 minutes and almost felt like she was nervous <laughs> you know like it should be hard for them to give this news to so she you know she stopped talking and I said I'm sorry can you please repeat what you just said that I have what like that's I stayed in that in that moment <laughs> my time stopped there um so I think that was like a Thursday. I asked some questions. Um, apparently at that point they didn't, she couldn't tell me or she didn't know my stage of cancer. Uh, she couldn't tell me anything <laughs> really. Like she just said, you need to wait until Monday that your breast surgeon comes back so she can talk to you and give you more details. So I needed to wait from Thursday to Monday without knowing if I was going to die tomorrow or I was going to die in a year, if I was going to die or not. Those were the most painful days of my life and my family. I um, once, you know, like I hung up, I I remember being like trembling, but I don't I, I don't think that I was like crying hard or anything. Um, I was still still in this belief and shock. Mm -hmm. uh, my husband hugged me, and I see that he was already like trying to solve something. Like, okay, what did she tell you? What do we need to do? Like, and I was like, Stephen, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know anything. She didn't tell me a lot or maybe she told me and I don't remember, you know, but I do remember that at least I didn't know the gravity of it. I didn't know details. I just knew that it was breast cancer. Um, and I do remember then kind of for a second saying, okay, what do I need to do? I need to tell my family. Oh my God. I need to tell my family. Oh shit, I need to tell my family. How do I say this? How do I call my mom? Mm -hmm. How do I tell this to my siblings? I mean, my husband was there already, but this is so hard for him too. So I really don't remember who I called first. I think I called my mom first, but some of them, I, I decided to call my my parents. I have four parents because my parents are divorced and they are remarried. So I have four parents and I to call four parents. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and also my my siblings. I also have, you know, my, my blood siblings and my other siblings that are um, the children of my stepmother and, and father. So I said, like, I need to let them know. Um, I called some of them, some, some of them didn't pick up the phone, and I think my mom did pick up the phone right away. Ooh. Sorry, Meg, like, this is hard. <laughs> you are you are a powerhouse girlfriend. Yeah, um, I, I'm actually glad that even though I feel very um, worked up, you know, of emotion, um, I'm glad that I can tell this story without crying the way that I used to mm -hmm. uh, I couldn't like even talk <laughs> yeah. so this this is good this means progress mm -hmm. um but you know uh, you can stop me anytime but just to to finish this part I called my mom and um don't remember the sad words but I said my mom um I don't want you to get worried okay mm -hmm. we will have a plan um, but I got the results and I do have cancer. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that that's something that, you know, parents don't, don't want to hear <laughs> from, from their child. Mm 
No. So it really, it still hurts me that it hurt her and my 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 parents, my father, mm-hmm. both my my parents, uh, all of them. <laughs> I have so many. <laughs> um, it, it just like the reaction of my mom, and I have to tell you, my mom is strong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my mom takes any can take anything. Ooh, but I felt the pain and having to deliver this news. In this sense, because I am in New Jersey, um, my parents live in Puerto Rico, where I'm from. Um, it was it was not easy thing, uh, you know, listening to the pain and of my mom and me, still in shock, still mm-hmm. very sad and scared, mm-hmm. having to be strong for her and tell her mom everything is going to be alright. Like, don't worry, you know, I will do what I need to do. I didn't know if I was going to be all right. <laughs> I didn't know. But I feel I needed to tell that to my mom so she didn't suffer that much at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, my mom, as, as, a, as a strong person, she is, you know, like she cried and, and said, oh, my daughter, I remember she saying, why these things keep happening to you? Mm-hmm. And she she kept saying that and you don't deserve this and I said mom like nobody else deserves deserve this nobody nobody deserved it no. but it's happening and I said mom you know what I'm glad that is happening to me mm. because I know I can't handle it mm. so it's okay we are going to fight this yeah. and and she you know kind of very similar to Stephen she said, okay, what do we need to do? Like, I'm going there. And my mom just left from here because she was here to help me with my previous biopsy surgery, which was like two weeks and a half recovery. Um, so she said, I'll go there and say, mom, like, let me let me figure out what is going on and I'll tell you when to come. It's okay. I would be fine. Steven is here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, you know, called my, my dad my my siblings and so on and it was like several calls so it was like probably two hours in the phone and when I was done there's is when it hit me like it really hit me and I just fell in the floor in my living room like literally all my muscles went weak I fell on the floor and I started crying like a baby. Like I haven't cried like that in years. Mm-hmm. Um, ugly with my mouth open, like every single feeling was coming out of me. And my husband, Steven, and my dog, Gino, both came to me and my husband spooned me like he was just hugging me there, letting me cry, letting me feel. My dog is not one of those dogs that when you are crying, he comes to you. (laughs) But he actually did come to me and he was, you know, giving me kisses and he knew something was going going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which, by the way, you know, like I can do an entire podcast on how dogs feel things for their owners. Like, I got sick. He got sick so many times and he was feeling everything. Like when I couldn't walk after my surgery, he started limping. (laughs) Like it's incredibly how he was mimicking my my pain, physical and emotional. But anyway, yeah, I think that that was, you know, I will stop. I will stop after this. Like I think that that was the moment where I let it go. I let go of the shock where it hit me like, I do have cancer, man, I am in this, in this statistic now, like how? I had so many questions. I had so many questions. I was right because from the outside, you are like the healthiest person I know, you know, you, well, you're, you're physically fit. You nourish your body with like optimal nutrition. You, you, you are not only a master in NLP, but you are a trainer, like all of the boxes that one would think of like 
quote unquote, perfect health, like you embody that, right? Yeah, I mean, perfect, perfect, I am, I'm not, but, <laughs> but yes, there was like these, the first thing that I thought is like, how this, how did I get cancer? Like, for what I understand, it doesn't run in my family. And I tried to be healthy. So what the fuck? I'm sorry. I don't know. You oh, can believe all these things. But <laughs> Bring it, girl. It's like um, that definitely was a big question. There were so many questions, but I was one. And I have to tell you, being very honest and raw, my ego also started striking. It's like, wait, I am a health coach and I'm a life coach. And I tell people what to eat and what to do <laughs> to stay healthy and I'm the first one that gets cancer like what is this you know I couldn't understand then I, I have to tell you it's a sto storm of thoughts and emotions mm -hmm. that comes to you it's overwhelming because there's uh, there's this shock the denial there's the sadness but there's so much guilt in mm -hmm. this process too. Mm -hmm. And I think the guilt has been the one that has stayed the longest with me. Uh, I think I'm still processing that part, but the guilt at the beginning is different than the guilt now. At the beginning it was like, okay, maybe this was all those years before I was healthy, that I screwed up, that I didn't eat well that I was, you know, suffering from depression and anxiety and I fucked up my nervous system and everything inside me. Um, I had breast implants too. Uh, I had little boobs. <laughs> so I put breast implants and I said, okay, maybe it's because I put breast implants. And then at the same time, I was also doing IVF and I said, it's because of all the hormones that I put in my body. So I had like, all these questions and feelings of guilt that I did this to myself. Mm. And I want, I want to speak right now to every woman that have had cancer, have it or will have. It's not your fault, okay? You didn't do anything wrong. And it's, it's been taking me time to understand this, okay? Yes, health-wise, there are things that we can do to prevent it. There are different types of cancers. There are different sources. The inflammatory cancers are more, let's say, preventable in some cases. Again, this is like case-by-case case scenario. Inflammatory cancer, yeah, maybe you can avoid, you know, some things that produce inflammation over time, whatever. But this is so complex. Cancer is multifactorial. And something that I did learn is that it doesn't discriminate. And they can there can be so many factors. And actually, you know, I I can if you want, I can I can go there and I have been trying to understand the source mm -hmm. of my cancer, but just to finish, you know, like that stage of me feeling guilt <laughs> um yeah I you know there was a moment that I even thought on just stopping being a, a health coach said mm -hmm. I, I don't know how I'm going to to talk to my audience and my clients and tell them how to be healthy when I am not mm -hmm. um that that was a hard part of me because you know Meg how important it's for me to be to be a coach, how mm -hmm. this means to me, how much I enjoy like uh, spreading health and well-being. And this was just so confusing, mm -hmm. very confusing to me. Yeah, I can only imagine. And it has been an absolute, like why I know, you know, show social media can showcase pretty much the good stuff. And I really deeply honor you for showing and being so transparent and vulnerable through your process and through your grief and through your healing. And, you know, I just wanted to reach through the screen and just hug you and love you and, and hold oh, you. I want I, to I, hug you too. I do, <laughs> I do from afar. Um, yeah. And like this, 
is even more fuel, would you agree, for you to be like the most profound, exceptional coach that's out there? Because yeah, yeah, I definitely, you know, I, I have to say in that same line, first of all, they are so something that I started doing was to uh to research who else has breast cancer <laughs> because I feel so alone. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know anybody that has breast cancer. It's not that I wish that somebody had it. Like no. it was not about that. It was like I don't know anything about these. I don't understand like what to do now. Um, I needed somebody to understand what was going on. And I started like literally looking on Instagram, like who has, and, and when I actually uh, presented in social media that I had, you know, I had my diagnosis, there's some people that actually came to me and say, Hey, you know, I had, I had breast cancer or I, I am a survivor, whatever. And uh, so many wonderful women that, it, and you know what, many of them were consider, I consider them healthy people, like fitness, good nutrition, or just like a healthy lifestyle in general. Uh, there's actually, I, I don't remember her name, but there's one of the Peloton girls um, that she super fit and she had breast cancer and I learned about a lot of influencers and actually there are two uh, very good friends of mine that were, I will say my support system, like my cancer friends. It, it, it sounds weird, but you know, we call each other like pink sisters. And I, you know, I had so many wonderful women that came to me to offer support. At the same time, it was overwhelming for me to talk to too many people. So I said, okay, I need like to, maybe focus on one or two and you know I focus in these one or two people to talk more often and these two girls they are amazing and they they are fit good nutrition and it's like how is this happening to us like what is going on um so yeah it's important to understand that it doesn't discriminate that we can do the best we can mm -hmm. we cannot control the future um However, what I can say is that me being in a good physical shape, uh, also um, having good understanding on nutrition and also on life coaching and NLP and, and having so many tools for mindset, these have helped me to recover faster. Mm -hmm. um, I had a successful surgery. Um, I haven't even like, talk about my process in that uh, we can be here like three hours um <laughs> but I had a double mastectomy um which that decision was also like another story um so I had a mastectomy and it was a really harsh difficult surgery and it's recovery the recovery it's pretty long and hard and I will say that thankfully because I was in optimal sh physical shape, I will say, I was able to, you know, at least to walk. <laughs> it was hard to walk. Um, so that helped me a lot. And now I have to do, to have a very strict diet. Mm -hmm. uh, so I will say that the transition to the after cancer diet has been easier for me because I already had a good foundation it's still hard like it's like man you know alcohol is one of those <laughs> it's like I want to drink no I, you know I still do but very 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 motherly like I you know like maybe one or two a month um so that has been hard but you know it's like okay I know this is for my health and I I I'm doing what I have to do mm -hmm. well it is I, I couldn't imagine being in your shoes and just to witness how you have been navigating through this is second to none, honestly, and it's so beautiful to see you show up so vulnerably and transparently because it allows others who might be suffering in silence who are in that space of feeling isolated to not be suffering in silence any longer so. 
I know when we drop this podcast, it's going to be Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So as we come into this space, like I see that you're up to some incredible things. And for you to already be in this in this energy of channeling to create a greater good and creating a ripple effect in supporting the individuals who are diagnosed or are are healing um to see you really step up in this leadership role doesn't surprise me one bit um (laughs) so let's go there what what are you doing how are you helping what are you what what are you doing what's your vision let me let me hear it yes no well definitely you know this experience uh came for a reason i i don't know the entire purpose but (laughs) i know that part of it is just to you know for me to to help other women uh, doing, you know, going through uh, the same situation. Um, And, you know, I I just cannot continue coaching without (laughs) helping women that have gone through cancer. I am not a cancer coach. It's very important for me to point out that, you know, my, you need to actually have an expertise to work health-wise with cancer patients, okay? However, as a life coach, I can definitely support cancer patients. And as a health coach and nutrition coach as well, just with certain boundaries. Um, But uh, something that I'm doing right now, I'm running a fitness program um, where it's for everybody, for everybody, cancer, no cancer, but for cancer patients, uh, breast cancer patients, and for immediate family, uh, I am giving them a benefit of a very good discount uh, for this program. Uh, We are running it. We started September 2nd, but we only have done two classes and I'm recording them so you can still join and until September, no, October 7th. Well, this probably will will be dropped after, but it's okay. I will do it again. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Um, and something else that I'm going to do after my next surgery, I have another surgery, my reconstruction surgery in October. Um, I will be doing one month of coaching to breast cancer patients. It will be specific to breast cancer patients and it will be uh I, I'm still deciding where but it will be a very low ticket very 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 low ticket <laughs> believe me when I drop it you will notice that it's very low <laughs> so uh I just you know uh want you to fo- follow my my page because there's where I will notify hey guys I'm back I'm doing this for you uh so it won't be October in cancer awareness but I think it should be cancer awareness every month so I will do it when I'm ready and you will be yeah invited for it a hundred percent I think it should be every day right yeah yeah no definitely Aww. and yeah, and you know, um, I, I I just want to say I don't know if we are about to close, but I just want to say that something important, even though we don't we didn't discuss a lot about the details of my cancer, I just want to say very quickly because um, it's important for the comment I'm gonna say. So my cancer was stage one, and hormonal. It was a hormonal uh, invasive, ductal invasive, and grade. Two, the grade is like how fast it's going and mine was like pretty fast <laughs> spreading mm-hmm. and um, you know my treatment was dependent on if I was going to choose doing a mastectomy which is to remove my breast fully which is what I chose or to do a lumpectomy which is to preserve my breast and to remove the cancer and then do radiation. Um, so I didn't go through chemotherapy because the oncotype test, which is what tells you if you are going to benefit from chemotherapy came for me that I, it was actually going to harm me more than help me at least at the point that I was. Uh, so they discarded the chemotherapy at the moment and then they say choose between mastectomy and lumpectomy. Um, if you are in this stage that you are making, you need to make this decision girl, I feel you, is one of the hardest decisions ever because literally you are trying to decide what is going to keep you alive. And there's no right or wrong. But if you need 
somebody to guide you, somebody to talk to, somebody to ask questions, please DM me in my Instagram, like find me that I will be happy, happy to guide you through that process and to, you know, tell you a little more details about my experience and uh, try to make it as easy as possible for you because I know it's one of the hardest things. Um, and even though I didn't go through chemotherapy, I can still be there for you. I have very good friends that have been in this process with me that have gone through chemo and I list on this foreign experience from them. I understand what they went through. And something that, you know, it's important that we do is that we don't compare our, you know, our diagnosis, right? Uh, this cancer really has a lot of ramifications. It's like literally like a fingerprint. And something that was within my guilt was feeling like, well, I'm stage one, I'm not straight, stage two, three, or four, you know? And somebody, a doctor actually told me, but he's a family member, he told me, Daniela, cancer is cancer. It's yeah. still in your body. Yeah. The fact that is stage one just means that you have a little more time to think about the decision you need to make but it can become stage two any moment. And by the way, my doctors wanted me to make the decision very quickly because they say it is spreading. So we need to do something now. So, you know, to close, <laughs> now I'm going to close, Meg, <laughs> to close. Um, although, you know, here I'm in a very good spirit. Uh, people that knows me know that I'm still going through the process. Right. Uh, I'm, it's a lot of emotions that I'm still processing a lot of trauma. And many of cancer patients say, and I do agree with this, that survive, survivorship is actually harder than the disease itself. Mm. Um, it really doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop when they remove the tumor. There's a lot more. Uh, there's, we need to continue with treatment because the threat that we are going to get another cancer is still there. Mm -hmm. uh, if you preserve your breast, there's also the risk of recurrence on, on the breast. So I, in my case, I need to do hormone blockers for, um, for 10 years. It's supposed to be five, but I have to do it for 10 because my cancer was highly hormonal. Mm -hmm. And that also kind of stole stole my opportunity to become a mother in my body mm -hmm. uh, and you know it are things that I'm still trying to process and to accept my new reality so please know that I'm here for you for anything you need bless you bless you honestly and the fact that you are here how many months later and I know um the recovery time you're pretty much forced to go back to work. Is that correct? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so, you know, everything has been really recent, uh, as you see, you know, um, it's, I think now it's going to be five months uh, next week. It will be five months after my surgery or my diagnosis. Um, and I, you know, the first I would say the first three months was just go, 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 be proactive, making decisions, removing my teeth. Now what? You know, having to get used. You will see if you're on YouTube, you will see that I have boobs. <laughs> big it's boobs. It's stronger than cancer, but yeah, big boobs. <laughs> yeah, so these are expanders, okay? So these are not regular implants. These are like literally hard balloons. Like I'm touching them because they're not boobs anymore. So I'm like, whatever, but they are uh, very hard and they're very uncomfortable. Okay. Um, so why I'm saying this, like I lost, I lost my train of thought. Okay. What I'm okay. Going back to work. Okay. So I was um, trying to get used to, to the discomfort of having these and a lot, a lot of things. So the recovery was, was very long and I really didn't have a lot of time to process emotions. I needed to be strong for also the people around me um, that they were sad for seeing me sad, you know? So it, it was like a lot. And my mom, you know, my mom stayed um, 
pretty much until recently, like that the the entire summer. And then when she left, it's almost like I also feel like, okay, now I can cry. You know, there was also, I cry with her and she holds space for me, but there was this part of me that I also didn't want to, to, to be too much, too emotional neither, because they were, my family was suffering. Hey, this is, this, this happens to your family too. Um, and it's hard for them and for your friends too. Okay. Um, so after that, after like so much go, 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 I was like, okay, I think I need to process something, but I don't know. And you know, when did I realize that there was something wrong in my mental health? When I got the news that I was cancer free and I couldn't celebrate. Mm. I couldn't react. Literally, I was, well, what I do remember is being like completely numb, emotionless when I got the news. And then I spent the day crying. And I even had an argument with my husband because my husband couldn't understand my reaction. Mm. Um, and I was like, what the fuck is happening to me? Like, why, why I am, I was, then I started feeling guilty again. I started feeling sad, mad, angry at myself because I was not celebrating that I was cancer free. Mm. And, you know, at the end, you know, this is something that I started processing with, with my psychologist. Thankfully, I have a very good psychologist. I have my coach, I'm coach, but I also have my coaches and, you know, it's, I was like, what is going on here? And my psychologist said, Daniela, you have an emotional delay. You literally had no time to feel. No. So now is that you are going to start feeling. <laughs> so mm -hmm. You were still processing your the shock of your diagnosis. Yeah. Um, and, and I think she was right because that's how it felt. Mm -hmm. And I think it was also a part of, wait, am I really cancer free? Mm -hmm. Am I really? Yeah. They visually, visually removed the tumor, but that doesn't mean that there's no cells, cancer cells in your body. Mm -hmm. That's why they give us treatment after because right. we need to keep fighting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with breast cancer, then you have the risk of getting skin cancer and ovarian cancer. So that's, things that I need to watch out, especially because my cancer was so hormonal. Um, so pretty much my estrogen and progesterone, which is my feminine, you know, our feminine um, hormones were killing me. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's like all this part of you start being removed. My mm -hmm. all that represents you as a woman in certain way, right? Like my breast mm -hmm. and then my feminine hormones. Okay. And then when you start blocking and lowering your estrogen, then, then there is a cascade of events, of side effects. And even though my hair is not going to fall like, uh, like chemotherapy, my hair is falling. I am in perimenopause. Um, so at some point I may lose completely my, my period. I have migraines. I have nausea. Uh, I have deeps of low energy. So then there's these things that start appearing, like these symptoms. And when you are an active person, you know, I, I was like, yeah, you know, happy, active. And then I have these times where there's nothing I can do to increase my energy. It's just like a day that I need to be resting in the couch. So, you know, it's like, getting used to do this new lifestyle, your new body, understanding sexuality changes. Mm -hmm. So my marriage was changing too. And we needed to relearn, relearn, um, not only because of all the trauma, but also like physically, how do we handle this? And I don't, I may have fake boobs, but it doesn't feel like boobs. I literally don't have sensation in my boobs. I don't. They look to me like different and, and I don't know how 
you know, how to handle my husband and myself don't know how to handle this new thing <laughs> during sex, you know, it's like a lot to take. And mm -hmm. the, you know, it, it's a lot of trauma to process. So it, for many other reasons, and my psychologist actually wanted me to take some extra time, at least one or two months to process a little more this emotional part. Um, so, you know, the company works through a insurance company that is the one that gives permission to take the day the, the days off. And they actually took much longer than my physical doctors to give me an answer for approval or, or rejection of the extension of the medical leave. Uh, they actually took six weeks, which me following up in between and they were, we're not ready. And what I know, although I don't know the details, I know they were questioning my psychologist a lot. Mm -hmm. um making her like feel a lot of questions and pretty much it's what my psychologist was telling me Daniela I don't think they are understanding what is this process like what you're really going through and many of these women go through and that started being really frustrating because I said like they didn't question that much for my physical doctors like why they're doing this at the end of the day after six weeks they sent me a rejection letter. Mm -hmm. But on top of that, they wanted me to return any money compensation that I got during that time. Oh my goodness. While I was waiting for them for the time that they were taking. And I just found everything so wrong. So wrong. I was like, first, it's so wrong that you have somebody going through these or probably somebody going through something worse than me that's actually what what makes me more angry probably there's people that is worse than me and you you don't know the anxiety that I had on that waiting time because I said I don't know what this means that me I mean they're not telling me go back to work I know that I'm need this time I'm actually using it for the purpose like I was meeting with my psychologist frequently and all this and me doing my own work um but but it's like you you have me in this anxiety now you reject me and I mean reject this extension and all these questions that you ask to my psychologist it means that you don't understand that cancer is not only physical if anything, the part is most affected is emotional and the mental. Mm -hmm. And I know, and I can say this very confidently because I have other friends that have had that have stage two, stage three, stage four. And they all agree that the part that is most impacted is the emotional, mm -hmm. really. Like we heal faster on the physical, but there's a lag, like a lag of time, a delay on on, on processing this because it literally changes your life. Mm -hmm. And this may be true for any other disease. It may be true for any other event. Something that I have compared to, although it's a of course it's not the same thing, but maternity, paternity, parenthood, sorry. You know, like there are women that don't get maternity leave mm -hmm. or parents that do not get pa paternal leave. Sorry for just pointing one uh, gender um they it, it's I, I don't understand like what about the, those people that go through postpartum mm -hmm. depression mm -hmm. and they don't have the time I mean it's time to link with your baby but also to bond with yourself to rediscover yourself yeah I I feel the same with this disease like literally I had to let go of an identity. I needed to let go somebody who I was also physically. I don't move the same way. I don't have the same flexibility. I, you know, and and the person who I was is not the person now. So I'm relearning, I'm rebonding to myself. I'm trying to be compassionate with myself and try to let go of that guilt that I have been feeling and the sadness and the anger. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm sorry if I tell you that I get overwhelmed <laughs> by going, trying to go back to my normal life because I don't feel normal. No. I'm relearning. 
So it was just so stupid to me <laughs> that they can't understand that. At the same time, you know, the part of me that want to be compassionate with them think like, well, you know, at the end of the day, they have a job to do. Psychology is very ambiguous for some people. It's not the same that, hey, you draw your blood and you have a marker result and this is what it tells you, right? Or you have a, an image, this is your tumor, we remove it, you're done. Mm -hmm. But psychology, like your mental health and emotional health, it's just so ambiguous. And unfortunately, we have so much to learn as a society. So much. Yeah. Well, thank you for honestly just sharing so openly and, and transparently and for being a leader of light. You are the leader of the light. And yeah, just to really create a ripple effect through sharing your story and you know being the voice for those that don't have one so thank you truly thank you thank you so much and thank you for all those women that had inspired me i have to say that you know i have first of all i have amazing family amazing friends you make it's you are one of them too you hold space for me too and i you know so many breast cancer patients and survivors that I met in this process. And the thing that makes me feel, um, I, I don't know how to say it in English, but make me feel humble <laughs> is that I met a lot of women that had worse diagnosis than me and they never, never make me feel that my situation was easier than theirs. Mm -hmm. they, just, they just made me feel that it's just different. It's just different. And, and I learned so much from them and I couldn't have done it without them. Mm -hmm. And you, if you are fighting this, you can do it. You are strong. You are a warrior. And you have actually a army of people around you. And if you don't feel like that, please go and contact me that I will be one of those for you. Oh, you're such a gift. So how can they connect with you? Yes. So you can uh, go to my Instagram page. So it is at drdr.dannyg, D-A-N-I-G, one at the end. I want at the end. Uh, that's my Instagram and my website, drdannyg.com. And yeah, you can go to my Instagram first. Like I'm more accessible there. And yeah, and you will see a couple of posts that I have put about, about my process. Mm -hmm. I would be posting some more. Mm. And I'll put all the details in the show notes as well. Well, I could be here with you all day, girlfriend. And I just can't thank you enough for, for being a message of hope for for everyone and yeah, just being such an inspiration and, and just being the warrior that you are. So I love you oh, so much. Thank you. I love you too. And you're also an inspiration for me and for so many women keep doing what you're doing because you're doing it great. Thank you. Thank you so much for dropping in with me today. If you loved this episode, I would be forever grateful if you rated and reviewed and if you feel called to share it with your community on social media, please tag me so I can thank you personally. Until next time, I will see you on Dropped In.